This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. of Joy 94.9 with Sonia the Squeamer and Clay Talks. This is Clayton for Sci-Fi and Squeam Undead. I'm talking to Adam from Little Reaper Games who are representing part of the Australian... The Academy of Interactive Entertainment. Awesome. So Adam, what are your pronouns, just so we get them right? He, him. And how do you identify? I identify as a gay male. So what does gaming mean to you? Gaming uh, lets me relax, have fun, and be uh, generally safe in the in the field and know that I can have fun and not really to be judged too much. And can you want to tell us a little bit about your game? The game we're showing here is called Grim Balance. It's an adventure platformer game where you play as a Grim Reaper's tiny assistant. And you've got to run around the world, collect a whole bunch of souls, and do it before death comes back to fire you. Powers do you sort of have to get along? Uh, you have a couple of powers. You can use the souls of the enemies you kill to take to give life to objects around the world and get you along, as well as you unlock abilities after beating bosses, one of which is a throw, so you can throw the scythe and then teleport to it, giving you a lot of mobility. What sort of diversity have you found in gaming recently? Recently, uh, a lot of diversity is popping up, uh, especially in the development community. I see quite a few uh, trans and queer people in the development, development um, and Looking around, you can kind of see there's quite a few people here today that identify as that. Do you find it an inclusive sort of workspace these days in gaming? Mostly, I do, yes. Do you think the games represent you as an individual? Not really the big games. A lot of the big AAA titles tend to not go to a very diverse route, but uh, a lot of the more indie games tend to be tend to be popping up now, being more inclusive and a bit more friendly towards the community. What are your hopes for Grim Balance? Our hopes and dreams are just to get it out on, get it out to public and get it out to as many people as we can and have, have fun with it. Uh, initial release is going to come first or second quarter of next year on PC through Steam. Uh, we've already been greenlit, so it's all good to go on that side. Where can people find out more about Grim Balance? Uh, you can go to our Facebook page, which is Little Reaper Games. Uh, we also have a website and a Twitter, so you could follow us all on there and find out more there. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Uh, This is Clayton from Sci-Fi and Scream Undead. I'm talking to a couple of the people from Minus 18, and I have... Sam, they, them pronouns, and I'm a bisexual, non-binary person. And... I'm Sean, I use they, them pronouns, and I am a gay demi-boy. Why is Minus 18 here today? Uh, We're here, so we're at the Diversity Lounge to make sure that there's a space and people that LGBTI gamers and nerds and geeks can come and talk to. I think it's really important that all aspects 
aspects of our cultural are open to everyone, however they identify, and that it can be really great to let people who don't identify with that community know that it's really important to make the space inclusive, and those who do know that there are people here to help them make their spaces more inclusive if they need that. Do you think that gaming is important to the queer community? I feel like it's important to any community. I mean, if you have a group of people that are going to come together and sort of celebrate something like gaming, I feel like it's important to have the recognition of the queer community within the gaming community as well. Do you think that games of any sort are diverse or do they represent our communities? Well, games obviously a huge category. I think games are in general moving more towards being inclusive. We saw earlier this year the Sims expansion pack completely decoupled gender from anything like uh, voice patterns, body, clothing, appearance. You can customise everything. Uh, Pokemon Go has moved towards asking pick your style instead of pick your gender. So we're seeing some things that are moving towards a more inclusive frame. But there's a long way to go and an even longer way to go in the intersection of identity and having characters that are both queer and disabled or queer and people of colour. So real big increase in diversity and non-intersexual diversity as well. So, yeah. Uh, Do you feel that games represent you personally? Um, I mean, I... I feel like I can represent myself in games, um, especially games that let you create your own character, like The Sims, as mentioned. Just allowing me to do that has made me feel better playing games. It's given me more... It hasn't sort of sectioned me off from games that are like, you're either a boy or a girl, you're something, and you can decide what that is. Uh, If people want to find out more about Minus 18, where can they go? Uh, so they can check out our website, minus18.org.au, or our Facebook page. All right, awesome. Thank you very much. Our website, which is www.takethis.org, and that has all the information about the various events that Take This is associated with. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. Hi, this is Clayton for Sci-Fi and Scream Undead, and I am talking to... Hello, I'm Leah, and I'm a volunteer for Take This. Can you tell us what Take This is? Okay, so Take This is a US-based organisation that's associated with PAX and with other conventions like E3. Take This um, is looking at the interaction between mental health and gaming communities and uh, gaming events like this. Uh, Take This in particular runs a room called the AFK Room. Um, Now, that is a a safe space room in the sense that it's a quiet room. You can go in there, you can sit down, you can have some time out. You can can colour one of those lovely little mindfulness colouring things if you want. But the room itself is also staffed by people who are counsellors, by people that are psychologists and psychiatrists. So if you want to talk to somebody about your issues, you can do that too. So you can sit down, you can have a quiet time, or you can get up and you can talk to one of the people that is a specialist in those fields. Is there a connection between gaming and mental health? Well, I personally believe there is. I think um, games are great for mental health, and I think that games can improve your mental health, can improve your social interactions and that sort of thing, um, as well as many other sort of aspects of that and that sort of thing. Um, take this specifically is, is looking at 
uh, interacting with the gaming community and bringing mental health uh, to the foreground. So we had two panels here at PAX. So we had um, Surviving Online Harassment, uh, which is one that Dr B, one of the directors of the organisation, ran yesterday. And we also had like a Mental Health 101 panel that was actually ran in the Diversity Lounge here um, yesterday. That sounds fantastic. So if people want to find out more or help out with Take That, where can they go? Um, so if you're interested in Take This, you can go to our website, which is www.takethis.org, and that has all the information about uh, the various events that Take This is associated with. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. This is Clayton for Sci-Fi and Scream Undead. I'm here with Girls Make Games and I'm speaking to... Nicole. And Nicole, what is Girls Make Games? Girls Make Games is a course designed to teach young girls ages 8 to 16 how to program games and get into coding their own games, making their games, designing them, playing them, coding them from scratch. Fantastic. Um, why is Girls Make Games at, at the, in the Diversity Lounge today? We're here because we need more girls in games. Um, We need more girl gamers and we want to encourage girls in STEM and we want to get girls into the industry. Uh, How can we find out more about Girls Make Games if you want to? Uh, You can go to girlsmakegames.com or you can check them out on Facebook. Um, Yeah, girlsmakegames.com or you can sign up for their newsletter. You can do whatever. (laughs) I don't know. Um, We have a course coming up at RMIT. Melbourne and Sydney. And what ages does it cater for? Uh, 8 to 16, generally. So it's up to you. Did you learn? Uh, just one second. So this is Georgia, was it? This is Georgia, who has done the Girls Make Games course. Georgia, how did you find the, find it? I found it quite fun when um, just making games, because it's when you can... You feel like you want to make something, but you can't play it normally. You can just design it and make it to your liking. And what do you like to see in games? I like to see, basically, I like to see um, the coding, if possible. I also like to see adventure ones, so there's a storyline to it, because I think that makes them more interesting, too. And would you recommend the course to other people? I definitely would. All right, thank you so much to both of you. Hi, this is Clayton for Sci-Fi and Scream Undead. I'm here with Melbourne Gamers with a Y in the middle. Uh, and I'm going to ask who I'm interviewing first. Hey, I'm Erin. Uh, my pronouns are she or they. And I'm non-binary, a demigirl. And? I'm Robin. I identify as female, she. And I'm Pan and Polly. And? I'm Andrew. Uh, I go by he, him, his... Most people know me as being gay, but like lately I've been just referring to myself as queer, so... Yeah, I've used queer quite a lot as well. It's a lot easier for a start, yeah. So why is Melbourne Gamers here today at PAC? Well, we're a Melbourne-based social group for LGBTQI individuals, and this is, considering it's 
a gaming convention in Melbourne, it's really the prime place for us to show off and try and get some new members, get our name out, get some interest built up and just represent the community that we represent in Melbourne the rest of the year. Are there a lot of gamers out there, do you think? There are tons of gay gamers out there. There's a lot of people that still might be in the closet and a bit unsure about um, coming out. It's a really great group to try and get to know more queer people in Melbourne, especially people with uh, interests similar to yours. Um, Yeah, it's just a really great social group for all of the queer gamers around. Do you think the games are representing queer community? It's better than what it was like, say, maybe like five or ten years ago, or even like um, even in a few short years. I think uh, progress has been made, but I still feel as though there's still more progress to be made. It's sort of still not. uh, It's still unexpected. It's still like different that's we want it to become like part of the norm really so in the games where you get to choose sort of your identity quite a lot do you are you able to represent yourself yes and no some elements come in but even still a lot of time they're just painted with broad strokes you can choose one or two things or perhaps still just choose to fall into a binary category being non-binary it's still difficult for that for example to actually try and get an identity that really does fit me because even if you can choose your gender in it it's usually just a male or female and you get all the whole slew of everything that comes with it pronouns references and oftentimes sexuality assumptions both in assuming that you're heterosexual or even if they don't a lot of time it's just assuming heterosexual or gay there's not even really a bi option a lot of the time sorry there's there's a lot of games out there that try and make token attempts at trying to represent queer culture and sometimes it comes off as genuine, say in the indie game industry, uh, but a lot of times in the mainstream game industry it can come off feeling a bit shallow. There's quite a lot of games out there where there are character customization options, but they're very, very limited. Say you can only use men's clothing for men and women's clothing for women. Sometimes you get games like Saints Row 3 and 4 where you can actually choose men's voices for women and vice versa. It feels a little bit like a joke, but I feel like a lot of people really identify with that game because it allows you to just do whatever you want. The game is really, really crazy. Um, but yeah, there's, there's nowhere near enough representation. In those sort of games where you can choose, are there any out there that allow you to use they as a pronoun? Yes, um... Now, a lot of people would likely know about it because it has been so popular in the um, queer scenes of late, but Read Only Memories, for one, is really quite good in allowing you to use both binary pronouns and also there's, I believe, a variety of non-binary ones. I haven't played it much. Oh, but yeah, it's... Again, but then that's an indie game. The um, mainstream ones still don't, but... It's indie games are where we're seeing like the whole push for a lot of that sort of thing. It is tricky a lot of time because first-person games you don't tend to have people referring, or you don't tend to have characters referring to the player as a third person to need them. So a lot of time it is still assumed. Yeah, another game that springs to mind is Undertale, where the game just flat out. Uh, does not refer to your gender at all and it's left incredibly ambiguous in the character design Um, yeah that's probably one of my favorite examples of a game just not going out of its way 
but just ha- adding that really nice little touch of there is no need to refer to this character by their gender and nobody really assumes anything. And most important question, favourite game? I'm going to break with the mould a bit and instead of saying a video game, because Melon Games does, for example, cover board games and tabletop and card games as well, um, I'm probably going to say Sentinels of the Multiverse. It's a card game that is really quite fun. Definitely the same there. Definitely the same. I love Sentinels of the Multiverse. It's a fantastic game. (laughs) Uh, In terms of video games, though, it's a bit of a hard choice. Like... There's classic video games and more recent video games. Classic video games, probably Super Mario World. More recent video games, probably Bioshock. I've played that game about six times so far all the way through, and I've enjoyed it every single time. I've got too many to pick from, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) This is all good. Thank you all very much for your time today. Clayton for Sci-Fi and Scream Undead. I'm talking to Checkpoint. What is Checkpoint? Checkpoint is a non-profit organisation that aims to connect the mental health industry with video games and tech technology. It has two main purposes, and that's to... Uh, the first one is to improve the representation of mental health in, in games. Uh, it's not all about mental health asylums and people, people locked up in chains. Um, it's a whole lot different than that. And the second point is to improve the mental health of video game professionals. It's a very stressful industry and a lot of the people do suffer me- mental health issues at some point during their, their, their career. If people want to find out more about Checkpoint, where can they go? Uh, they can go to the website uh, checkpoint.org.au or on uh, Twitter at uh, Checkpoint.org Awesome, thanks so much. No worries. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.